by its origin. So I've been providing updates primarily on Saturday mornings, uh, mostly the written product and the occasional monthly video. With some of the fast moving events around the world, I thought some more frequent updates were in order and I'll, I'll try that both with video and perhaps some, some shorter write-ups. Today's macro commentary tries to at least ask the question of, has Russia reached that point of no return where it enters pariah state status and we run the risk of long-term structural declines in Russian oil supply and what to do about it. And so the images, the reporting coming out of Ukraine are, are heartbreaking and horrific. As the civilian casualties and the atrocities mount, it's very difficult to process. And I think the question becomes from an oil macro standpoint, um, so long as President Putin is still in charge, are we sort of past that point of no return for Russia? where it's gonna be very difficult for them to get back into even reasonable graces for the rest of the world. And we're looking at long-term sanctions, long-term issues uh, facing the country and the companies in, in the country. And so right now there are lots of questions people are asking on short-term sanctions. Will uh, the US and possibly EU uh, sanction their oil and gas industry? And what does that mean? Uh, for oil prices over the next several weeks to months? And will India and China go along or are we just talking about redirecting? Th these are all the kind of short-term types of questions people understandably ask that could cause prices to spike or even pull back. That is not what I'm getting at here. Uh, my question is, do we have to start factoring in uh, the risk that we've seen peak Russian oil supply and the odds are gonna grow that it declines? Now, there's some examples. I'm actually the, the, the former Soviet Union. When the Berlin Wall fell for the next decade, we saw a declining FSU, former Soviet Union supply. Now, demand fell as well as their economy imploded. And we could certainly see that play out this time as well, where the sanctions are clearly gonna negatively impact the Russian, oil, uh, Russian economy and potentially Russian oil demand. You may even get, in theory, slightly higher exports over the next few years. Uh, the bigger question is beyond the next few years. So let's look at some examples. Iran comes to mind. Uh, prior to the Iranian Revolution, Iran was producing over five uh, times close to six million barrels a day. After a decade-long war with Iraq and sort of on-again, off-again sanctions uh, from the U.S. and others, Iranian supply has been as low as you know, under two million barrels a day. And maybe the capacity right now is three and a half to four million barrels a day, but still well below what it was doing 40 years ago. Um, look at Venezuela. Uh, prior to President Chavez coming into power around 2000, they were producing over three million barrels a day. And after 20 years of sanctions and misinvestment and lots of issues, unfortunately facing Venezuela, Production has fallen to as low as half a million barrels a day. It might be up in the last few months, but 75, 80% decline over 20 years. Um, there are differences uh, in Russia versus those other countries that I mentioned. Russia is clearly a top three today, at least, oil producer after Saudi Arabia and the United States. It's one of the world's largest natural gas producers and, of course, is a critical natural gas producer to Europe. Uh, they're also, along with Ukraine, major uh, producers of various agricultural and other industrial commodities. So the ability for the world to kind of do without Russia is significantly more challenging than it is for these other countries. 
which again, perhaps allows for um, some quicker resolution, though that seems increasingly unlikely. We do see that already uh, the banks and some of the major players in Russia are facing significant sanctions. Uh, and while the oil industry in Russia and the gas industry in Russia, you have a degree of separation from the host government. Luke Oil, Rosneft, Gazprom structurally are set up somewhat differently than, say, National Iranian Oil Company or Pedevesa that provides some slightly better or slightly greater probability they could, I guess, muddle through some of this situation, I think it's going to be quite challenging. And so when you have 10 million barrels a day of production and 7 to 8 million barrels a day of export at risk of structural decline, at least at some point in the future, I think the question is, how do we compensate for that? Um, so one of my themes in Superspiked has been, during this energy transition era, shouldn't we be favoring geopolitically friendly places like the United States and Canada, but not just those two, there are others as well, uh, in disfavoring geopolitically unfavoring pla unfavorable places like uh, Russia and some of the Middle Eastern countries? I, I don't understand at all why there's not more emphasis being put on how to really get North American supply to offset Russia in particular. And I think when we look at the sanctions the country's facing, this is gonna become a very, very pressing issue. There is nothing good about a price spike environment for anybody, certainly not for the average citizen in the world. And I think it's imperative that policymakers recognize this and don't just try and solve the short term, are we gonna sanction or not, but recognize as long as President Putin's in power, there may be structural risk to Russian oil supply, and it's time to start taking the steps now uh, to begin to address how we're gonna offset that. Uh, I'm gonna stop there, um, thank you.